You're listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Plymouth Chubb badly held up the inside. Call Me Trouble is taking off deeper. Then Majestic Lavros and Hatchback. They're at the top of the lane. Now he calls on the favourite Queen Elida. She waved them goodbye into the home straight. She's out in front by over seven metres. Adele, look at Plymouth Chubb starting to rattle. Queen Elida, Plymouth Chubb. Oh, look at the Chubby. Oh, home he goes. Plymouth Chubb rolls the favourite Queen Elida. A big, big up. Yeah, Kate Manning there in the sulky for her dad, Peter Chris. And I was just looking at uh, Kieran's record. I was just saying I idolised, and you're about to chat with her, but it, uh, just watching her, you know, over the years and now she's just about won everything in harness racing. I think over 4,200 winners in the sulky and almost 40 group ones and horses she's driven over 31 million. It's quite the resume, isn't it? And she's joining us on the program, Kieran Manning, this morning. Yeah, Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Uh, it's just another bonus about Saturday night. The fact that we've got Peter and Karen, the team's back together, the band's back together. Cam Hart's been partnering Plymouth Chubb throughout the series so far. He's done a remarkable job safely qualifying Plymouth Chubb, but it's this uh, combination, father-daughter combination, Peter and Karen Manning. They've been everywhere, all over the world, competing in some of the biggest races, and here they are trying to win the Inter-Dominion pacing, uh, the Inter-Dominion trotting grand final. It's a race that's been elusive. There's no doubt about it. They've given it a red-hot crack. I think Pete's had a number of starters, and this is going to be Karen's 17th drive in Inter-Dominion grand final, whether it be paces or trotters, and she's still yet to crack it. But hopefully... This is going to be the weekend, Saturday night with Plymouth Chubb. Absolutely. And this horse, as we've talked about previously, Chris, he, he debuted back in March 2021. And I think he did things wrong, didn't he? And then just, just extraordinary winning sequence after that. Uh, and, uh, and Karen is with us now. Good morning. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good. How many in a row did he win in the early days, Plymouth Chubb? Uh, I mean, 15 or 16. Yeah, as a two-year-old, yeah. Pretty impressive, isn't he? Absolutely. What was his best win of all those early in his career? Uh, sorry, I just missed that. I was just saying, what do you think regarded his best win during that winning sequence early on? Um, probably oh, the British Crown was, yeah, he, he sort of, the Redwood, yeah, it was sort of, every run he had was, was pretty pretty good. He ran in all the good races and, um, yeah, his first run he was a bit stiff. We, we had a car accident on the way to the races just at Melton and um, we were late. Um, he seemed okay, but I think he was a little bit frazzled and uh, made a mistake. But he soon got back into gear after that and um, didn't miss a beat. So, uh, yeah, he's a very rare, rare horse, really. You don't find them very often to come along yeah. with, with uh, credentials like him. There's no doubt about that, Karen. Just for you, how frustrating has 2023 been for you? Just with all the injury setbacks, you, you made a successful return on Monday, but how frustrating has it been for you this year? Yeah, it's been a bit of a uh, an up and down year for sure. It's certainly, um, obviously, you you know you, you're going to get injuries at some time in your career, but to have two and the, the one um, back of 
this year was uh, was a bit unfortunate. Um, wrong place, wrong time kind of thing. So nothing you can do about it. But yeah, just um, I think um, yeah, I've, I've healed up well from the back. And then I think I was driving maybe a month before I, I had the wrist. So um, certainly, yeah, frustrating. And, and you watch the British Crown Finals and, and the horses that you drive going around in there and, and, and winning one of them. So yeah, it, it, it's hard to watch when, when that happens when you're on the sidelines. But yeah, you've got to expect this sometimes, and I'm, I'm lucky I didn't get anything anything worse, probably. Well, you, you've been lucky in many regards because the injuries, you had three broken vertebrae in your back after a fall earlier this year. I think that was back mid-year, and then back in October you took a spill there at Melton, four fractures in the wrist. So h how's the body holding up? How do you feel right now? Uh, pretty good, yeah. The wrist uh, it took a lot longer than I was hoping but um just with the where the fractures were placed below the thumb um was was a bad spot and um it's like it's probably 90 percent now pain free it's just got this tiny little spot under the thumb where where it, every now and then you'll feel it but it's um yeah it, it has seemed to have up quite well i've been a bit lucky there and i think uh, having a fractured back was a lot easier than having a fractured wrist okay <laughs> it was very frustrating you took the two drives on Monday at Horsham. One was your own horse. You came up just a, a smidgen short there. You picked up a catch drive and bolted in on that one, that being a trotter as well. So how good was that feeling just to be back out there doing what you do best? Uh, yeah, really good, certainly. Um, I was sort of a, a little bit nervous first off, I suppose you could say. And, um, coming back from a fall, you're always that little bit um, in the back of your mind about um, what might happen, but certainly was was glad to get around. He didn't win, but he went really well and um, was lucky enough to get the catch drive, like you said, and and he went really good. And it was a nice winning feeling, that's for sure. Mm. No doubt you've paid close attention to Plymouth Chubb throughout this series. What have you made of the three heat runs so far? Yeah, he's done, he's done a super job. He's certainly he only had had the two runs, I think, coming in to the heats, and he's as everybody knows, he's a very uh, gross horse and and um takes a few runs to to sort of get race fitness so um his first run was was amazing he sprinted sprinted so well um which is sort of a, a new string to his bow you could say he hasn't sort of um had the chance to do that in some of his earlier um career runs and um it was good to see that he can sort of ping he had great high speed um so you know he's he's probably looked well, not flat the next one but just just not quite as sharp but you know he's he's certainly done well in every every heat and um yeah it's, and cam has done a great job with him not knowing him as well so um i feel a bit mean <laughs> kicking him off <laughs> <laughs> uh your record on plymouth chub is exceptional 27 drives 16 wins five minors that's that's as pretty pretty much as good as you can get yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's like he's um, like his his record speaks for itself. It's just I'm just glad to be able to drive a horse like him. You don't get to drive that many good horses um, at times, and yeah, he's a pretty special horse. The injuries he's had uh, to come back from that and, gonna, and race at the top yeah. level. Karen, I was going to ask you about the injuries because we talked about that winning sequence, and then he spent a fair bit of time off, didn't he? I think after sort of in in 2022, what was the the major issue with him then? He um, fractured his hind passion, um, just in track work, uh, I think only a week after he won the Breeders' Crown, I think, um, as a two-year-old. So he had to have some screws put in that 
and, and a, a good long rehab time and certainly um, came back from that really well. And, uh, I won a great Southern Star Heat and um, just went a little bit sore again in the same leg um, and the, the, the fracture just separated a little bit so he just needs a bit more time for that to, to heal again. So he's had he's had a good um, another good spins out the paddock and, yeah, he certainly come back showing the benefits of um, um, a good time off and yeah hopefully he can hold up for sure but you know it's always the back of your mind but he, he's he's doing uh, really well so far of course your dad just regarded as a master horseman has been for such a long time how does he get these horses right does he work them in heavy sand what are some of the the tricks that your dad uses with these horses that have had injuries in the past getting them fit yeah, um yeah look he certainly the track here helps a lot it's um um, it, it's a bit different to your usual tracks. It's it's quite heavy and up and downhill. And I think the sea jogged him for a long time. This, this horse to get him back, and um, you know, it, it it sort of gets him quite fit at home without having to go to the races or trials. So it's um, a bonus that way. I've got to ask, Karen. Uh, you've been so close in Inter Dominion Trotting Grand Finals previously. Second with La Cucaracha. You were third twice with Night Pistol. Um, Obviously, you want to win this one uh, on Saturday night with Plymouth Chubb, but what would it mean for you and, and to do it with your dad as well to win an Inter-Dominion Trotting Grand Final? Uh, yeah, it'd be just icing on the cake, really. It's, it's one of those races, as a young girl watching, uh, you always want to win. Everybody wants to win the Inter-Dominion. Um, and, yeah, I've, I, like I said, I've been close a few times, um, and that was a big thrill just to run a place in an Inter-Dominion. So... Um, and you don't get many chances to drive into one. So, um, yeah, you know, it's going to be a hard task. Just believe is, is low flying and uh, it's hard to see him getting beaten. But um, in a trotting race, you never know um, if you have that bit of good luck and someone else has some bad luck and you're in the right place. You just never know. So, and he's got the ability to, to do it, but um, the draw is a little bit tricky, I suppose, for him. But, you know, yeah, it'd be just a dream come true. Yeah, this is your 17th Inter-Dominion Grand Final drive, whether it be Pacers or Trotters, 17th. That, that's remarkable. No female driver has driven in that many Grand Finals. You're a, uh, you know, a, a trailblazing uh, person for this sport in so many ways. But I want to ask this question. Do you remember the last time you went around in an Inter-Dominion Grand Final? Um, it'll be a little while. Um, <laughs> do you have the stat? I'm not good at I do, <laughs> I do. I just wanted to test you first to see if you've got any sort of recollection of it. <laughs> Maybe, um, is it in New Zealand? Uh, 2012. Crescent Glory, um, does that ring a bell? Crescent Glory. I don't know, the horse, um, yep, now you're going to have to help me. I, yeah. uh... <laughs> we don't we don't know where he gets these stats from. Yeah. 2012, <laughs> you finished 10th with Crescent Glory. So it's I was I sort of shocked. Yeah, I was <laughs> shocked it's been that long. So that's 11 years ago now. It's a while, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I sort of remember the night pistols and the Laco Garacha ones and um yeah, they were even longer ago. So um yeah, it's uh it's nice to be back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the last time Pete had a runner in Inter Dominion Grand Final, 2010, that was Joe Bro at Mooney Valley. Oh gosh, yep, Joe Bro. Yeah. And, and in the Mooney Valley, that sounds old too, so. <laughs> yeah, and I think Grand yeah. drove Joe Bro in that final, not you. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So. I, um, yeah, I like a good stat, so you've done well. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, tell me this. 
your dad, Pete, he celebrated a birthday on Monday night. I took him out for dinner. We were down at the local pub. I got the entire pub to sing happy birthday. He hated every moment of it. <laughs> I can picture that. Yep. He's not yep. one for fanfare, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> he had the chocolate cake right in front of him. The whole pub was singing for him, but uh, I don't think he enjoyed it one bit. <laughs> oh, he would have on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think he's pretty happy with the way he's going right now and I think he's pretty chuffed that uh, you've been able to get back in time to partner Plymouth Chubb. So he is hoping... You, you, you drove in both finals last time we were here at Albion Park 2001, Lombo Repeater and uh, uh, obviously Jerry Warrior in the Trotters final. So hopefully there's a bit more luck on your side in 2023. Yes, yeah, thank you. Yes, yeah, so we'll need all the luck, but um, yeah, we're in, we're, we're in it. That's a good start and um, yes, hopefully we can bring home the chocolate. And Karen, uh, you know you've made it in life when you've got your own Wikipedia page and you've certainly got one. <laughs> Hopefully it's all good on there. <laughs> You're inducted, of course, into the Hall of Fame uh, in 2013, but you've just got so many achievements throughout your career so far. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, yeah, you look back on things and, and um, things come up that you've, you've managed to win and get a award for it. It's um, quite humbling, really. I don't know uh, too many other people in Harness Racing got their own Wikipedia page. <laughs> I'll hopefully, um, yeah, hopefully I can add it to it on Saturday night. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. <laughs> No worries, thank yeah. you. Even though our next guest, Chris May, have one, I haven't had a look yet. Well, you, that, that's your job when I start <laughs> talking to Chris Alvin. You've got to find out if he's got a Wikipedia page. He should, because no one else has won as many races in Australian harness racing history as Chris Alvin, and he joins us now. Chris, good morning. Are you with us, Chris? Yeah, are you there, Chris? waiting for him to come online. Okay. I should be with us now. Are you there, Chris? How are you? It says he's there. He's just uh, obviously the, might be just in a bad area. Okay. Yeah, but Queen Elida, he'd been telling us for ages, Chris, that uh, she was the real deal and we saw her back to explosive best last weekend. Yeah, and that was so important, Steve. Uh, there was many that were critical after night one when Plymouth Chubb was able to run her down. She was beaten again narrowly on, on the Tuesday night behind Olivici, but she responded in the best possible way there last Saturday night, the final round of heats. And that was all important because... I think it was a confidence-building victory for her. And I think the extra week is going to prove very beneficial for the mayor as well. She was third last year behind Just Believe at, uh, at Melton, hoping to go a few spots higher. But she is drawn on the outside of Just Believe, so I'm sure that would have been a little disappointing for connections there on Monday afternoon. But... The right man's behind the uh, behind the horse. Yeah, just waiting for him to come along. I was just thinking Gus wouldn't be his favourite horse uh, during the series. But anyway, uh, Chris Alford's with us now. Chris? Chris, good yeah, morning. good morning. How are you? Very well, very well. We've got to ask the question. We are just chatting with Karen Manning. She's got her own Wikipedia page. As the most winningest driver in Australian harness racing history, do you know if you've got your own Wikipedia page? I don't even know what that is. I'm looking it up. <laughs> We'll, we'll track it down for you. We'll track it down. Now, getting back to business, Saturday night, uh, firstly the barrier draw, drawing outside of Just Believe. W was that was that crushing? How, how did you sort of take that news? Um, oh, well, it always would have been nicer to um, draw inside um, Just Believe, but, you know, it is what it is. We're out there. We, we've got a, a great hope of winning and um, we just need things to go right and things not to go right for great. Okay. Now tell me, how have you assessed Queen Elida through the three heats so far? Um, I think she's a, 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 a
Uh, yeah, first night she was pretty much horrible. She couldn't try it. She must have had some you know, issues tying up or, and things like that and not handled the humidity. The second night she was um, a lot better <clears throat> without being her normal self. And then third night she just fell back to what we all know she can do when she's right. Okay, so how important was the fact that she was able to get that victory last Saturday night, given that it was the last heat, but just for her confidence and that extra week, so the, the, the week between the final heat and the, fi uh, the, the final round of heats and the final, how beneficial will that be for her? Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, I think, you know, apart from not being well, the three runs have, um, you know, brought her on really well fitness-wise. She's um, you can just tell when you take her out to warm her up what you're going to get race day. She, if she's feeling good, she goes out and bucks and kicks and carries on in the warm-up. And uh, She hadn't done that the first two nights, but um, she did on the last night. And Brent said she's been you know, kicking in track work and back to her normal self during the week. Christine's saying that that second run when she was beaten, um, uh, Gus didn't help her chances there. The, sort of the pace was on, wasn't it? It was, but in, in saying that, her normal self, she still would have won that race. Um, you know, with no, no matter sort of what sort of run run they had, because as as good as Olivetti's been in the heats, he he sort of always been a little bit off her at home, um, and and he beat her that night. So. You know, I think if she was feeling like she was on the third night, that night she still would have won that race, I'm sure. Mm. What about the fact that um, this year compared to last year, is there a big difference in the, in the way that she sort of is building for the grand final? Uh, yeah, yeah, well, this year she just seemed to be right on the way up where last, last year she sort of flattened out through the series and was pretty much spent by the last night and did a good job to run third, but um, this year's not going to be any easier with the way Josh Lee's going, and uh, he's going to be terribly hard to beat. But um, you know, I, I think we're going to give it a good shot anyway. Mm. Last year, you had the inside of the second row, so it wasn't a good draw last year, and this year's probably not much better. Um, yeah, well, yeah, you just deal with what you dealt, really. Like last year, we thought it was a good draw, and um, I think my father's the Metro lad and then decided to take trial when he said he was going to lead all week. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Last week, John was pretty keen to, to lead and um, I said, well, you won't cross, cross her out of the gate anyway, so I don't think that'll be your option. But um, he's reckoned his horse the only winning chance is to hold the front, so that, that could be good for us. So that being said, how, how do you sort of... Can we map the race with Mufasa Metro in front, just believe outside of Mufasa Metro? Where would you ultimately, ultimately like to be? 1-1 one, one on the back of just believe. That would be ideal. Yeah, it would be. It's going to be pretty hard to, like, manoeuvre that situation happening. But, um, yeah, you know, things change in races. Maybe Mufasa Metro might be working that well this week or feel a bit flat so you might decide to let us go at the start if we can get across just believe anyway so uh, we'll just have to play it by ear as the race comes she's 
you know, at her best, she's pretty versatile. She doesn't have to, to lead or um, that to win. So it's going to be hard, but um, I'm sure, you know, we've got the second best horse in the race and just need a bit of luck. All right. So that being said, if you really wanted to, to buzz her off the arm, could, could she get in front of Just Believe? Uh, yeah, I think so. I don't know that Greg actually has pushed Just Believe out too hard. But he got crossed the third night. He got crossed the third night. Um, and he's sort of never really been electric off the gate, but he's always been, you know, fairly quick without being as quick as a, you know, Sir Paranoid or like that. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. I think he's sort of got the options because um, he doesn't need to get him out of the gate to lead where a lot of the others probably do. Okay. You've won two Inter-Dominion Pacing Grand Finals, Golden Rain 95, Lenny the Shark back in 2015. Uh, uh, so... Can you win a trotting grand final? And how much would that mean to you? Oh, it would be super, I don't think. You know, there's a lot of people that have um, won post division, so that would be something special. But, you know, I'd like to just be able to do it for the horse because she's been so good, you know, for such a long time since she was, um, you know, a late two-year-old. So it'd be a good feather in her cap. She's still number one for you as far as a trotter's concerned? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure she... And, you know, like, she's not finished yet. She's probably got another... I don't think they're that keen to breed with her yet. So uh, I'll keep her going a fair bit longer and her record should just keep getting better. Chris, just a question I'm keen to ask you, watching that heat win by Queen Alota last weekend. She had the, you know, the red sulky wheels or the, the you know, it looked very streamlined. I was just going to ask you, how much have the sulkies changed um, since you've been in harness racing? And obviously they're so light these days and strong, but yeah, it just, it, it, it's quite the, you know, it looks quite spectacular, that sulky that you're in last week when you're driving her. Uh, yeah, no, the carts are really good now. They, um, I'm sure they've played a big part in, in, you know, the times and and whatever. They're probably um, heavier than the old aluminium ones we used to use, but the, you know, the aerodynamics of them are just great. Like, in, when there's a driver sitting in them, you can just hold them and pull them with one finger. They're that sort of well-balanced, and I'm sure that goes a long way as to how quick these horses are running nowadays. So the aluminium ones just weren't the go? Oh, they were all right. Well, we didn't know any different, but now... I got these ones it would be very hard to go back to racing them that's for sure so what's the material they're made of um i could not tell you it's some sort of steel but they weigh they weigh fairly much probably only about you know 20 kilos without wheels um and then of course the wheels now mostly are carbon fiber so they're virtually nothing so um Gee, that's light, isn't it, Chris? I think that would shock a few of our listeners. 20 kilos without the wheels on. That is yeah. light. Yeah. They're, they're, they're so important nowadays too, the sulkies, how they uh, make sure that they go with the right one because it can make the, the difference in winning and losing. One final question for you, Chris, just with the pacing grand final. If you or had the choice, which one would you drive, Leap to Fame or Swayze? Uh, yeah, that's a tough one, isn't it? Um... They're both going great at the moment. Um, it's all just going to come down to what happens happens early. Um, yeah, I think Grand will be able to get get in front of the other one early, and I think that'll make the difference. Okay. So 
Righto, we'll take the tip. We'll take the tip. Hey, really appreciate the time this morning. We'll see you trackside on Saturday night. No, thanks, guys. Have a good day. There's Chris Halford joining us, Steve. So uh, no one's driven more winners. Does he have a Wikipedia page? No, he doesn't. No. <sighs> I've got to get that sorted. I'm thinking maybe Karen may be the only one. Yeah, probably a fair chance. Well, if Chris Alpha doesn't have one, no you, one else would have you've one. You've got one. I do not. Yours is there. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Anyway. Well, Chris might get one after Saturday. I don't think so. I don't think so. Anyway, there's a lot to look forward to on Saturday night. And there's some big moments coming up for the locals as well, Steve. As I mentioned, there's five Queensland train paces, six Queensland train trotters going around in these finals on Saturday night. So... Uh, the locals have done an extraordinary job, no question about it. And he's hoping that, you know, we can get in the in the winner's circle, whether it be Leap to Fame or one of the trotters. So it'll be a, a big thrill for so many here in the Sunshine State. We've certainly come a long way as far as the trotters are concerned. You mentioned Gus before. He's so lightly raced, Steve. It's amazing the job he's done to qualify for this grand final on Saturday night. Uh, he's the baby of the field. There's no question about it. He's only a four-year-old. He's only had 15 starts. 15 starts, five wins, two minors, and he's going to be best remembered for that uh, Herculean performance on night two when he took it up to Queen Elida before running third. So he lines up, but he's drawn the second row. Chantel Turpin is the trainer driver of Gus, and she joins us online now. Chantel, good morning. Good morning, how are you? Yeah, very well. So you've cleared that music there for us. <laughs> um, <laughs> Just saying, he's the baby of the field. Has he exceeded expectations? Uh, surely, going into this final, you didn't expect to be in this position? Um, no, it, it, the series is probably a year too soon for him. Um, but it, it's so hard not to go in it when it's um, in your own backyard. Did he surprise you on night two? He was fantastic on night one, the way he hit the line and he had that sort of, uh, you know, flashing light on his head after night one. But night two, he was extraordinary. How, how did you sort of gauge that performance there yeah he was very good um night two which just he, he's still learning um he, he was very good off the pace on night one um and then we were just unlucky that we couldn't find a helmet on on night two when we we um went forward to keep him happy and um he just got a bit too fired up and um yeah but he, he still went fantastic Okay, so is this a deliberate ploy to have him RODM now on Saturday night or was that taken out of your hands? Was that the stewards sort of putting him RODM? Um, he's been RODM the whole the whole series. Um, he's just been drawing seven with that RODM. So um, we're pretty, pretty uh, happy when we got the, the back row draw for Saturday night. Yeah, I wanted to touch on that because he's been a little bit, you know, uh, keen in his races, in particular uh, the, the, the past two starts. Is, is this a good thing that he's got a second row draw so he's got horses to follow rather than having open air? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'll be trying to find a helmet pretty uh, early on and, um, yeah, he seems to settle once he, he finds a helmet pretty early. OK, so you're not having any sort of thoughts of launching mid-race here? Uh, I'm hoping not to. I'm hoping he settles and we can drive him with one last run. Um, but, yeah, it's really just to try and keep him happy and keep him trotting. Which pattern do you think suits him best? He's proven that he can do work in his races and he's proven he's got explosive speed. What is his best asset? Is it his high speed or is it his strength? 
Um, I think it's these high speed. We ha we had Majestic Simon who was very quick as well, but I actually think this horse is, is probably going to be better than him in the long run. Okay, so looking further ahead, uh, this series is going to be, you know, really beneficial for him. It, it, it could really bring him on. Yeah, definitely. We're hoping it helps him mature a little bit. Um, he hasn't had many starts, so we've, we have thrown him in the deep end. But, um, yeah, we're, we're looking forward to his future. Okay. So that being said, 15 starts, five wins. He's lining up in, in a Group 1 Inter-Dominion Trotting Grand Final. Say in a couple of weeks' time, could he start on a Tuesday afternoon? Um, yeah, I think he can, actually. Wow. Okay, so there you go. There you go. He has come a long way. He has. He's come yeah. definitely a long way. Just believe. Clearly the horse to beat? Yeah, definitely. He's a freak. Yeah. Okay. The other thing about this trotting grand final, I've been doing a lot of research this week, you're driving against your husband, Pete. Now, I've gone through all the records. I think this is the first where a husband and wife are competing against one another in an Inter-Dominion trotting grand final. Oh, really? As long as I mm. beat him, that's all that matters. <laughs> Is there a can of Coke on the line here? <laughs> we always race for milkshakes. So there you go, there you go. <laughs> Do you think you can beat home Funny Face, Peach Drive? Uh, Funny Face goes very well, uh, good as well. Um, I think it'll probably just who gets a good trip and, um, yeah, who has the manners on the night. All right. The other thing that I wanted to ask you about, just with the pacing grand final, there's only two stallions that are duly represented here in the pacing grand final. One's the, the, the champion sire, Better's Delight, and the other is your stallion, a rock and roll dance. That's that's a feather in your cap. Yeah, it is. Um, dance probably doesn't get the recognisation that he probably deserves. He's, he's like, yeah, I think he's pretty underrated, really. Um has a fair few good horses out there and probably doesn't get noticed for it. Mm -hmm. Well, given that, what, Better's Delight stands for about 30,000, he's at the top of the tree as far as uh, services are concerned for for uh, harness stallions. Your guy's just over three. It's easy to do the math. There's good value there with a the rock and roll dance. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, definitely good value there with him. Yep, absolutely. Well, plenty to cheer for on Saturday night. Not only a rock and roll dance with two runners qualified for the pacing grand final, you and Pete going head-to-head -head in an Inter-Dominion trotting grand final. As I said, I can't find another husband and wife combination, so we'll keep uh, scanning the record books, but I'm pretty sure that's spot on. So good luck. Well done for qualifying, Gus, and enjoy Saturday night. Thank you. There's Chantel Turpin joining us, Steve. So that's another little record that I found. I don't think there's been another husband and wife combination going head-to-head -head in an Inter-Dominion grand final. So good luck to Pete and Chantel there. But Gus is going to be a horse of the future. There's no question about it. 15 mm. starts and he's lining up in a Group 1 race like this. Yeah, it's a great achievement and that's excited about the future. Just in regards to those sulkies, I'm just looking at the Garrard's website and various costs. There's one in America called the Super Spider, Chris. It's worth, you can buy it now online, $9,990. <sighs> I think they're available down here. And there's another one over there called the UFO. How much is that? Oh, I'm tipping it'd be something similar. Wow. But they're available down under two. You import them from North America, but they're um, quite popular, the UFOs. Okay. Matty Alkins, mm. you got a UFO? No, just the gorillas for me. How much? The what? <laughs> gorillas, they're called. So we've got super spiders, gorillas and UFOs. What's going on here? Yeah, they keep updating them, but they're all about the $10,000 mark, and then you got to buy the wheels for them. How much are the wheels? What are the wheels wheels? <laughs> well, the LDR is a good one. They're about three grand. 
for a set. Yeah. Yeah. And why do you like the gorillas so much? Uh, they're probably the most comfortable. I find. Yeah. Wow. There you go. Hey, the reason I got you on this morning, you're lining up in an Inter-Dominion trotting grand final. This is a big thing. Yeah, it's pretty big. I um, never thought I had much luck with trotters early days, so never really thought my first Inter-Dominion drive would be on a trotter. Yeah. Taylor Gillespie prepares Majestic Labros. This is her first runner as a trainer as well, so a couple, uh, couple of maidens here, but uh, it, it's a big thing. What have you made of his series so far? Yeah, no, he's actually been pretty good, I think. Um, sort of the race a couple months ago, we thought he'd be well in and had a few little issues and it wasn't looking very good sort of a month ago, but all three heat runs have been really well and he's actually hit the line good in all, all three heats and run through the line. Okay, this has been the target from the very beginning. So just to sort of tick off that sort of, you know, target, the long-range mission, uh, that, that's a result in itself. So can I ask this, though? When he first started, he looked super sharp. He looked really good at the trials, and then he delivered in his first ever start at Albion Park. Is he still as sharp now as what he was back then? Um, I think this series has probably brought him back to that, to be honest. Um, he wasn't going as well leading into the heats, but sort of that first heat, I was real happy, I think. Um, Plymouth Jump, he lost his back, but I think our own last quarter was 27-4, so, you know, you can't do much better than that. Yeah. Uh, gate three, what do you make of the draw? Yeah, pretty happy, to be honest. Um, I would have been happy three or four. Drew one in the last round of heats, but he probably doesn't get off the gate that well from one, so three or four probably would have been my pick, but in saying that, I would have rather the slower beginner in gate one, I think. Yeah. So, ultimately, where would you like to be sitting, uh, you know, shortly after the start here? I uh, would, would love to be leaders back or 1-1. One, one. That'd be the main goal, but don't know if we'll end up there. But, you know, if we settle handy enough forward and in the running line, I think we should be following some good helmets. OK. So, just going back to the start of your career in harness racing, you were very talented as a cricketer as well. So, you probably... We're at crossroads there. Do you keep going with the cricket? Do you follow in the family's footsteps and get more involved with the horses? And that's the path you chose. So is this is this sort of some sort of justification that you've gone the right way uh, now that you're lining up in a Group 1 Inter-Dominion trotting grand final? Yeah, I guess it is. You know, it's always hard sitting there watching the Big Bash, seeing a lot of my mates and people I've played with now playing Big Bash cricket and getting their going state sides. But, you know, it does justify it. And, been a pretty good path and I probably wouldn't change much. Yeah. It's a big thrill. It's a big thrill. Especially here in, in your home state as well. So you're going to have family and friends there, no doubt, trackside on Saturday night. So it's a, it's a big moment. Yeah, it definitely is. And I actually had a memory pop up today. It was 10 years ago today I made my first grade debut in Brisbane. So it's been pretty good. What were you good at? Bowling or batting or both? Uh, batting, but did, did bowl a bit of spin, but mainly a batsman. Or what was your highest score when you were playing? Uh, 142. Where was that? Marburg, the great track. You love Marburg, don't you? Yeah, good place. Mm. Yeah. It would have been a tough call, though, to make back then because you were going really well at cricket, so it wouldn't have been easy. No, it was pretty hard. Um, I think sort of back then it started to get hard when I was missing my Sunday night drives and Dad sort of had a pretty handy team back then and... Nathan Dawson was actually jumping on and taking all the winners, so I decided to stop sitting around the cricket and go drive some horses. 
And Matty, who were some of the cricketers that you used to play with or that you're watching now that are very good? Um, Jack Woods, probably, he was my best mate going through. Played a lot with him in state sides and club cricket. He's sort of playing for the Brisbane Heat now, but I also versed a lot of games Guzman Kawaja and Marnus Labashane. And I actually think I robbed Australian cricket of watching Marnus for a few years. I run him out one day on 98 or something in Ipswich. Direct hit run out. So, yeah, I probably shouldn't have hit the stumps that day. Heard of Trevor Barsby? Yeah, he actually is a great friend and has actually owned some horses with me. He's related to the guy you're talking to. Yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Has Marnus forgiven you? Oh, I don't know. I haven't spoke to him ever since then. So. <laughs> well, that, that's a no. But I know he was pretty disappointed walking off the field and I was pretty excited when I hit the stump. Mm. Oh, well. Probably saved his and leather all day. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> now you're using the leather to steer your horses around on uh, on the weekends. Yeah, that's it. Hey, well done. Uh, enjoy uh, the week what it is and enjoy Saturday night when you're scoring up in an Inter-Dominion trotting grand final. Appreciate the time. No worries, thank you. There's Matty Elkins joining us. So, uh, yeah, a lot of good stories. So Taylor and Matty combining with Majestic Lavros, their first ever Inter-Dominion finalist here. So it's a, yeah, it's a big moment. So we wish them all the very best there. On Saturday night, Darren Clayton, he'll be chomping at the bit, Steve. Yeah, he'll want one of those gorilla sulkies. Um, By the way, the Miracle Mile placings, first and second in 2017, so that would have been Lenny the Shark, I think, one of that year, had those gorilla sulkies that he was talking about. There you go. Come from America, 10 grand, without wheels. Darren? Yeah, Yeah, well, I was just saying to Andrew off here, I've been known to a few people who called me an old silverback at times. (laughs) <laughs> and oh, what? Silverback, the gorilla. Oh, OK. Yeah. Come on, you've, you've watched Gorillas of the Mist, haven't you, Steve? No, I haven't. No, right. Anyway, anyway. Um, Darren, I'm keen to get your thoughts. Is it Swayze or is it Leap the Fame you're leaning towards? Oh, geez, it's a tough call, isn't it? Um, I, if we're going down that head-to-head path, I've, I've got to put... Um, leap to fame ahead. I know it's going to be tough for him from the gate and uh, I just I know we have to, you know Jason Grimson's come out and said and Cam Harder as well, you know they're happy enough with the runs of Swayze uh, through the second and third heats. Now whether he's just being nursed or um, I, just to my eye, I don't think he was at the same level as he was those previous few runs, um, certainly in the New Zealand Cup Menangle when he came back from a spell and, and certainly the blacks are fake. I, I think he's just feeling the pinch perhaps a little bit but then again, like I say, I'm not the trainer. I haven't sit behind it so I'm only going off my eye. They're the guys that, that know the horse and know what he's doing but um, if you're going down the head-to-head path, I think Leap to Fame ahead of Swayze. Um, I think Narano's a, a massive knockout chance just with that brilliant turn of speed that he has. Um, you know, there's... The, the trainer thought, obviously, that turn it up first to the pegs and then who he hands up to. Well, three pegs is no, not a bad place to be if um, if that's what Narano, where Narano ends up. We saw him win last week in the, in the same distance that the final is from three pegs. The last Inter-Dominion final uh, at Albion Park was Yule Star and he was four pegs. So, um, you know, three, four pegs I don't think is a bad place to be. And... Um, with a solid tempo, which they're going to have, you look at the fact Narano came off speed the other uh, last week. 
They've come home in 53-8 and he's made ground from, from three fence. Now, I think the the lead time there was 79-2 and sub-30 the first two quarters. I think the lead time and the first two quarters will be stronger in the final. So sitting back off that speed, it's just going to be better for him. So okay. you know, he's, he's the real knockout hope. Um, but I, I'm leaning overall, I think Leap to Fame is the one. Yeah, just want to ask both of you a question. Like, Leap to Fame, we've seen him driven tough in a lot of big races. We talked about that yesterday, and we've seen him just take the races by the scruff of the neck when he's these, going around in these heats as a short price favourite. But he does possess a really good turn of foot, doesn't he? If if he was to, you know, maybe drive him off the arm and, and wait, try and get on the back of something. I mean, he is quite explosive. We've seen that, Chris, haven't we, in the past with him driven yeah. off speed? Quite explosive. Well, the Sunshine Sprint confirmed uh, that he doesn't have to be in front or outside the leader to, to win races because he came from almost an impossible position that night. The, the two questions that I want to ask, Darren, are you certain that Turn It Up crosses Narano at the start, drawn side by side, and last week you can probably watch that replay really close to gain some sort of, you know, uh, guide on what's going to happen. And the other question, has Grant Dixon... Just got to put all of his eggs in one basket and try and just blast off the arm and get in front of Swayze. Yeah, it's that's well, part one. I I can't see anything holding up. Turn it up. I don't think it matters where he draws. Whether it's I know there's a train of thought that side by side you need to be a little bit quicker, but I don't think that matters. We've seen that before with him. Um, you know, and and the times and speed. Like now we have access to this. You know, pretty pretty impressive data sets with sectional data, and it also measures their their speed um, out of the out of the mobile. Like he's hitting speeds that none of the others are even getting anywhere near in terms of sort of kilometres per hour. So um, if you look at the out of the gate last week, um, turn it up has come out hit a top speed of 60.2 kilometres per hour, which is in that first sort of 50 metres. Um, Durano did his best work in, in the closing stages where he hit his top speed of 57.18 so um, over a short distance that, that stacks up and I don't think um, anything could hold turn it up out unless it's absolutely driven um, you know absolutely crazily aggressive to, to really burrow through but um, the, the second part of your question um, yeah, it, it's tricky because it's a, two horses to his inside. If the emergency is not required, Swayze will be over leap to fame. So um, it's a fair bit of time to, to balance up and get ahead. So um, I guess the hardest part with that is he's never been driven hard out of the machine. And, um, you know, we'd, as bomb-proof and, you know, as tractable as any horse is, and especially sort of an experienced horse... As soon as you ask them to do something that they've never been asked to do, you're, you're entering into sort of almost a bit of a twilight zone as, you know, could it com go completely pear-shaped? So what was that speed you were saying off the arm, kilometres an hour? 60.17, or 60 point... What did I say? 60.27. Yeah, because I was just in comparison with thoroughbreds, like, say, Imperatrice, for example, one of our best sprinters, uh, she was averaging 62 kilometres an hour when she was in that Group 1 last start at Flemington. Her maximum speed was 70.9 kilometres an hour. Yeah, so it's it's not that much difference when you consider considering they're towing a cart and, um, you know, they're 
their gait is completely different. So, um, you know, that that's as high as I've seen one at Albion Park the other night turn it up. So um, he's got some he's got some high figures and. Um, you know, it shows the top speed that they hit through the race and obviously turn it up was hit out of the gate. Well, it's going to be fascinating. We'll talk more about uh, the, the race shape on Friday when we go through it a little closer. Um, just some other stats. Just looking at this pacing grand final, not including the emergency, they've won 239 races between them and over 7 million. Uh, and Leap to Fame's right at the top of the tree there. Uh, and, and just on, on Leap to Fame... He's a four-year-old that's clean-swept the heat so far, looking to take the final and make a clean sweep of the series. The last horse to do it was Alderman Sniper back in 2019 in Auckland. Guess what? He was a four-year-old too. Yeah, well, there you go. And it's, um, it's, it's certainly... He's the only one that can do it out of this series for the paces, so he, he's in the right position to do it. And uh, I, I think he's tracking along nicely. Again, that, that long trip the other day, he got to the front reasonably... Um, easily and once he was in front again and he was hard held to the line again the plugs weren't pulled so um, you'd expect there to be a little bit little bit more there to to get out of the horse under those situations and you know just how he's improved through the series and um, you know after every race when he's come back into the into the winners enclosure um, he's still been pretty well fired up he's, um, he's he's certainly feeling good about himself I've got a trivia all the races he yeah, before the races, he's, um, he likes to let out a bit of a squeal, so he's certainly feeling good. Mm, I've got a trivia question for you. Who has driven in more Inter-Dominion Grand Finals between Greg Sugars and Chris Lang? And they're going head-to-head here on Saturday night in the Trotters Grand Final. Um, uh, only Trotters? or No, or combined. Uh, combined. Uh, I think Greg Sugars might have him. I, don't, I think like, as good as Chris has been... Um, probably hasn't been in that many paces finals, I wouldn't have thought. Mm, you're right. He's got him by one. Yeah, there you go. He's got him by one. Yep. To your husband and wife scenario with Peter and Chantel, well, um, I was sort of going down that same sort of angle. I went down a bit of a rabbit hole, Chris, as well. And um, in the trotters, I couldn't find one, but could find it twice in the paces. Okay. Um, uh, Grant. And Natalie would have been one? Yep, yep. Twice yeah. consecutive years, 2009 yeah. and 2010. OK, there you go, there you go. Um, we need a winner for Reckliff tonight. We've got nine races there. We kick off at 5.32. What's your best bet? Geez, there's plenty of shorties on the card tonight, Chris. Uh, I thought in uh, race number seven, Breeze on Bye Bye, Grant Dixon, I thought this filly gets every opportunity... Drawn gate two, she's been runner-up her past couple. She's getting closer and closer to a victory. I think she strikes the right two-year-old race tonight. Two cash in, race seven, horse two, breeze on, bye-bye. 260 with tab fixed price, chasing that first win, Q-bread bonus. Anything else stand out tonight for you? Um, no, there's nothing really. I think Charlie's ace in, in race two certainly um, gets an opportunity after winning on Friday in a, in a mare's qualifier and... But she's come up short enough, a dollar eighty. But um, yeah, I think she wins again. But no luxury, like I said. I think seven of the nine races tonight, odds on favourites, come up early. Okay, so the best bet is race seven, number two, Breeze on bye bye. One final question for you, just a trivia one: How many drivers in the Paces Grand Final are going around in their first? 
Correct. Correct. Jesus, Trent Dawson, that, that, Angus Garrard, pure dart. Adam Sanderson, Chris Geary. So there you go. There you go. And there you go. Um, do we know, Chris, if Luke McCarthy is definitely driving Spirit of St. Louis or will Jack Callaghan be reuniting? Um, I'm, I'm assuming that Luke is driving Spirit of St. Louis. I haven't heard anything to the contrary, so I'm, I'm expecting Luke will take the drive. So he would it'd be a nice symmetry if he could turn around because he's never won a, a Pacers grand final. If he could win it on what effectively many people suggest, you know, he drives Albion Park better than anyone over the years. Mm. He's run third with Slip and Slide. He's run third with For a Reason twice and third with XL Stride. So he's run third four times and that's as close as he's got. Yeah, so... Um It'd be a it'd be a big thrill for him, no doubt, if he could turn around and get one back with Spirit of Saint Louis, an eternal bridesmaid himself. Okay, last question for you: Who's driven in more Inter Dominion pacing grand finals between Shane Graham and Grant Dixon? Oh, uh, again, another dart equal. No, Grant's got him by one, four, three. So there you go. Grant, so. Yeah. Well, could be uh, the first win to Grant this Saturday or Saturday evening, 6.30, mm -hmm. of course, the different time slot. But, uh, yeah, he's got the right horse to do it, that's for sure. Yeah. Hey, we'll talk again on Friday morning. Looking forward to it, Chris. Plenty to cover between now and then.